0: So I went to an X-Wing event where I was playing against a guy who was relatively new to the game, kind of like I was, I had just played on the kitchen table and the guy was flying incredible. And my dice were just not cooperating and I wasn't putting myself in the optimal position to get out of it. And I started getting hot-headed and I started losing my temper. i be like, oh, that figures. It takes no skill to roll some dice. Got the game, good job, you know. And I just went off to my friends around me blaming the dice to the point where this kid who I had been playing against was standing across from me and all of his hard work, all of his achievements had just meant nothing because it, all I did was blame the dice. It was bad and I didn't know I was doing it. And it took the group around me to stop me and pull me aside after the fact and just to point at the kid who was just kind of sitting at the table and he was just staring at the table. I was literally watching this kid who tried really hard. He had come from out of town to this event. And I felt like the biggest garbage human on the planet. And uh, I didn't apologize to him because I was hot and I regret it to this day. Gosh, I, I just think about that kid. That's an experience that sticks with me that I'll never forget. When things get tilted, I'll just uh, I'll just start staring away and become disinterested, and I won't engage anyone, and that's how I know I need to check myself. To kind of mitigate it, mm. I've stepped back from paying, playing competitively, and I've started playing more, definitely more casually. So if I start to get upset, I start to open up to my opponent more, and, and just joke with them, or just ask them why they did that, or what they were thinking, or just, just commenting on their models, just anything to distract myself from the mistakes I've made or the fact that luck is against me. I, I, don't, I don't have any advice other than just try and make light of the situation. Hey, it's Chase from On The
1: Table Gaming, and today we're going to be talking about some of the lessons tabletop gaming can teach you, and you know, exploring if gaming can make you a better person. So I thought I'd start by exploring, you know, well, why do we game? What draws us to this? And to take our first look at that, I reached out to Brian from Sarge's Comics in New London, Connecticut, one of my regular Star Wars Legion opponents.
2: I game mean because it challenges me. And this is going to sound really uh, like, I don't know, waxing poetic, but it challenges me on almost every level of being a human being. So with more modern board games and wargaming in particular, you you, you can't just... Sit down and roll dice like in Yahtzee. You have to be able to comprehend directions to build your models. You have to be able to paint. And sometimes you have to understand color theory to make a good army. But then when you're at the game, there's tactics, there's strategy, social interaction, the ability to handle arguments in a way that uh, it doesn't escalate. So it's like it challenges you being an adult in almost every way. Conflict resolution. And that comes up all the time in war games because. You have to interpret the rules with your, your partner, whoever you're playing against, but also you have to do, okay, what's this terrain piece do? Are we deciding this does this? And, you know, at some point there's going to be a disagreement and you can either scream at each other like children or you can act like adults and just come to a compromise where both players get something.
1: Now, Brian's a very relaxed guy and I've always enjoyed our games of Star Wars Legion. And I know he plays a lot of other games and has a lot of gaming experience. So I had to ask. Was there a time when your emotions got the better of
2: you? I was playing Armada, which in case people don't know, it's it's Star Wars Capital Ship Fleet Battles. And I've been playing it for about a year. And I probably spent about, I want to say $300 on getting everything the Empire had. And I never won a game. And I tried really hard. So one time I decided I'm just going to run seven Victory Class Star Destroyers, which is a lot of hull, it's a lot of dice, and it's a lot of ships and I got rolled. I mean, I didn't do, I didn't get any points, any objectives. So I packed my stuff up and I was really calm, said good night to everybody, went outside. And when I got home, I was so angry, I picked up my box of stuff and I threw it on the ground as hard as I could and I broke half of my things. And the next week I sold whatever I had left for like 20 bucks just to get rid of it. I don't handle frustration well, but until I started playing board games and war games where uh, it wasn't an echo chamber. Like, I have my ideas when I'm playing against somebody, they have theirs, so I have to work on that. It actually helped me curb my, the frustration I have from either losing or bad dice rolls, or more often, when somebody has a different opinion than I do. I don't get as frustrated as I used to, so I think I'm a better person overall because I've learned to deal with my frustration problems through wargaming, through board gaming and stuff like that. And I think I'd be a a much less fun person to be around if I just played like Call of Duty, where you just sit there and get angry. in board games, in tabletop playing, you have an idea in your head of how this is going to go. You roll your dice and it doesn't go that way. You can either get mad or you can just, okay, that didn't go my way. What do I do next? And I think that's what has helped me.
1: So one of the things that really struck me about my conversation with Brian is that wargaming provides lots of challenges And it got me thinking, if the challenges from Wargaming help us grow, what if we could better identify those instances, those moments when we are presented with opportunities and be more skillful in handling them, like kind of increasing our ability to learn from those opportunities? So I figured I'd reach out to yet another person, uh, someone I often like to bounce ideas off of.
3: Uh, hey, Alta, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, how's it going?
1: It's going well. So, uh, now what do I call you here? Do I call you Dr. DuPont or, no, or what's the best way to introduce no, you?
3: No, just Alta.
1: This is my younger sister, Alta, and she is just completing her doctorate in psychology. Okay. So, we're exploring this idea of can gaming make you a better person? Uh, in particular, we're looking at war gaming. And I thought I would have you on here to help me kind of navigate this since it's maybe uh, more in your wheelhouse. Well,
3: we'll see. We'll see. Can't make any promises.
1: So just to give some context here. So a war game is basically like a type of strategy game, right? As opposed to like a board game where like chess is maybe very abstracted. Uh, This is like representing, you know, soldiers and miniatures and there's scenery and dice. So there's like a lot of layers of rules. Uh, And so, you know, with this comes also the potential for conflict. And I want to start off with this idea of tilting. Are you familiar with that word?
3: No, I've never heard of that.
1: Okay, well, so it's not not an actual psychological term Then I I guess in the larger uh, world. And this concept actually came up in
4: one of my other conversations. And and the term tilting was, was, you know, just expertly described. For those who don't understand what tilting is, uh, it's a poker term. And this is yet another Brian, Brian from Big Top Gaming. It's essentially when the game hasn't gone your way and you lose it. Applies a lot in wargaming. Some of us are really subjectable to the tilt. You know, one of the things that happens the most in wargaming for me is that when, when I tilt, it's not because of something my opponent did, not because of some rule that I didn't understand. Well, kind of. It's more so I tilt on myself because I should have known better or I should have slowed down enough to be able to check those things to make sure they worked the way that they're that they're playing out instead of the way that I thought they were supposed to work. You know, I don't ever want to assume anything. I always want to make sure that I kind of have this really altruistic view of the game and use my own comprehension as the uh, the, the checks for making sure that I understand the way things work. So maybe we'll, we'll get to explore kind of several different facets
1: here. And one thing about like, you can be sk- a skillful war gamer, but you might also need to not only be skillful at the game, but be skillful at your own like emotional regulation. You know, what do you do when you have maybe invested a lot of time and energy and you've and you've got uh, certain expectations and those expectations are like wildly unmet, whether it's like you move everything in the perfect spot for your strategy to like come together and then you roll a die and you get a one. And you're like, oh, that's not so bad. I can can, can roll this next one and then it's gonna be okay. And you roll like another one. And you're just like, why? Why is this happening? What are things you can do when you feel that you are getting tilted or that you're thinking that the world is like out to get you? It's just like unfair.
3: The one way to think about it is that if you think of your emotions on like a thermometer, so like from zero to a hundred, the skills that you're gonna use are gonna be completely different. If your emotions are like zero to 30, versus like 70 and above where you're like feeling really intense emotion like about to lose it
1: the key is kind of identifying it then
3: absolutely that is the hardest part uh, because like people will often say to me that they feel like their emotions go like zero to 60 and i can guarantee you that it's not true
1: that's a bold game, I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee. Bold I
2: guarantee. I swear. I've
3: been doing this for a little while now, and, and what uh, what it is is that we are just not aware, and like myself included, like this happens to all of us because our emotions move really rapidly.
1: But you know, I'm I'm playing my game, and like, where's the spot to look for that? Like, I rolled the die. Like, I did this thing. It's gonna work out. I roll the die, it doesn't work out. You know, where's that moment? Like, how do you break it down? Or, or what should be signs one might look for? Or or is it different for each person?
3: If you step back, I want to take it back even further. So like, if you, when you wake up that morning, mm-hmm. how are you feeling?
1: We're going way back. Way back, <laughs> way
3: back. How do you feel? Like, did you like drink coffee? Did you like actually eat? Like. When you come into a game, you are bringing with you so much baggage. And all of those factors can be protective or they can be vulnerability factors. You know that when you get in these situations, you're likely to get upset rapidly. Mm -hmm. That's important information and you can do something with that before you even walk in the room.
1: Well, so say let, let's say that's the case let's say there are people that uh you know they find they get what we call tilted pretty easily mm-hmm. is it just maybe this isn't the hobby for you i
3: think mean, that's possible but i would argue that there are a lot of other things you can do before you decide you have to step away
1: and so what might be like um so maybe you know there are people listening that are kind of nodding their head and they're really like yeah like that opening story where they're playing x-wing and the dice just are against them and they get really mad and they blame the dice. Maybe that really resonates with them. Like, what What can we do? Like, that person mentioned that they will maybe try to, like, their, their coping mechanism is to maybe, like, make more jokes or, like, comment on their opponent's miniatures, the details on them, you know, in an attempt to deescalate. it. And ultimately, he stopped playing competitive games entirely because he got too, uh, it was hard to emotionally regulate like that. You know, are there other concrete things people can do in the moment when they do feel themselves like getting tilted, getting angry? Well,
3: first of all, I first want to applaud that player because like the, the pieces that you just mentioned or that you mentioned of like paying attention to the details of the other players' pieces or um, like making a joke, like it sounds like what he was doing is grounding.
1: That's so like what I mean. So, what is grounding? Yeah.
3: So, grounding is a skill that you can use to regulate your emotions. It's a way of kind of connecting with the present moment because, like, it's really easy for everybody, like, for it's part of being human, right? It's to get wrapped up and caught up in your own thoughts, right? Some of these thoughts of like, these, like, the world's out to get me kinds of thoughts.
1: Yeah. Those dice, my dice hate me.
3: Exactly. Right. And so, like, when we get really caught up in those thoughts, those thoughts just fuel our emotions, right? Because it's adding fuel to the fire. And so by bringing ourselves back to the actual present moment, by kind of observing what's around us in the room, and by trying to describe things that we see, like those are really useful skills when we are um, starting to feel pretty activated or we're starting to feel a lot of emotion.
1: When you say describe things you see, do you mean just like state- obvious things, or is there like uh, describing, I see that I'm getting upset because these dice are out to get me?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, kind of both, and let me explain. So first I would say it's probably easier to describe actual tangible things. So you can Mm -hmm. literally describe like colors that you see. To yourself. You can see if you want, you can do it out loud.
1: <laughs> to your opponent. Yeah. That's some that's some extra mind <laughs> games. And you're like, I see blue, I yeah. see red.
3: But <laughs> you can describe like the details of of a piece that you're holding.
1: Okay. So I meant to roll this die and kill your enemy commander and win the game. But now I notice that I have failed to do so. But your commander is very eloquently dressed <laughs> and has very sharp detail and you painted them. You know, immaculately, and I appreciate that.
3: <laughs> Something like
1: that. I'm sort of teasing, but like, but actually, right? Yeah,
3: in a way. But then the other thing that you said, I think, was important, where you said uh, not like describing, or like you were asking whether they should be describing like, my dice are out to get me.
1: <laughs> right. Right?
3: But in a, in a way, yes. Right? So what you could do in a moment like that is say, I am having the thought that my dice are out to get
1: me. Is it bad to reinforce it? Like I know players that have like a special box where they put like bad dice. They're like, these dice are out <laughs> to get me. They're being bad tonight. So they're like going over there and I'm only gonna use these dice because like that die rolled too many. Yeah. Um, I, I don't do that. Cause I, I'm the other guy who's like, I rolled like four ones with this die. Like I can't stop now. Cause the next one's probably gonna be a six because <laughs> they can't keep rolling ones forever, right? That's how probability works. Mm, maybe not. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but the point of saying like, I am having the thought that is that Mm -hmm. it gives you just like a little bit of distance between you and this thought, right? It makes it feel less true. Like it's not a fact. Hmm. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess so. So it's like kind of helping you create some distance from just the emotion, the raw emotion. Yeah, exactly. Are a lot of these problems just caused by the way we're framing what we think should happen? like so the game is you know it's not like checkers where it's like i do this and this happens i do this and then there's a die roll so there's always a little bit of randomness to it right and a big part of wargaming is trying to minimize the amount of variables so that things will happen right you want to this like what are all these elements and like how do i balance them so that like the most likely outcome will be this but even if it's like a 99 chance like there's still a 1% chance that like you're gonna fail miserably. And sometimes that actually hurts more because you're like, I had all this stuff set up to make it so it's so minimal and I failed. And then they have like an you know, a 20% chance to do something, and they're like, Yeah, no problem, <laughs> I was able to do it. And is that just because like we're we're setting up a rule of like what should happen, and that's sort of trapping us?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question. I mean, it's natural to have expectations and like desires and wants. But the, there is an element of, there's lack of control.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And there's, which is really, I think, part of what makes it so transferable to like the rest of your life too. It's like there's never, there's very rarely situations where you've got absolute control over every factor. There's usually a bit of randomness, even if it's just other people.
1: I feel like the easy way out people will be like, hey, you just gotta learn to give up control, right? Right, right. That's it, there's thousands of people, they've self-
3: Sounds nice, but, (laughs) right, like if only it were that easy. Right. And so like, I think that one of the skills that can be really hard for people is having a little bit of self-compassion. And like, it kind of ties back to this awareness of like how, how you're talking to yourself. Okay. Right, and this awareness of your own thoughts. Right. Because like, yeah, like maybe you did do everything you could. And like, of course, it's going to feel pretty devastating when like the thing that has like a 1% chance of happening happens to you. Like that's just rotten luck.
1: That's just life sometimes. Yeah.
3: And is there a way that you can step back from that and not um, not make that about your ability or skill or competence
1: Sometimes it just happens, Yeah. as the famous saying
4: goes, it happens. Yeah. And this reminded me of something that Brian Curd actually said in his earlier conversation about tilting. Because I should have known better or I should have slowed down enough to be able to check those things to make sure they worked the way that they're, that they're playing out instead of the way that I thought they were supposed to work. You know, I don't ever want to assume anything. I always want to make sure that I kind of have this really altruistic view of the game and use my own comprehension as the uh, the the checks for making sure that I understand the way things work. So in, in talking about that, he kind of uses this expression that like, I really should have
1: seen this coming or able to predict this. And I think that maybe makes sense on some level, but if you're getting tilted and you're like, I almost see that as like the spiral you get trapped in, right, where it's like you make your mistake and like, I should have seen that. And then like for the rest of the game, you're thinking, like, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. Yeah, And that's actually throwing you off.
3: That's exactly right. And, and I, I, I want to be careful here because making a blanket statement of like, oh, you shouldn't talk like
1: that, <laughs>
3: right? It's like not necessarily right. going to be helpful.
1: But say he wanted to break that chain yeah. or, or uh, that spiral. What might one do?
3: So our emotions, thoughts and behaviors are all connected to each other. When we have a frustrating thing happen to us, like when we're in a situation, something frustrating happens, we are going to have a thought. And that thought, uh, like my, maybe you roll your dice and you get a, I don't know, what's a bad, one?
1: Sure, yeah. Sure, you get
3: one. <laughs> and uh, maybe you think like my dice are out to get me. And that is going to make you feel
1: what? Uh, like a victim or justified? Like this is, explains it? Like it's not my fault. It's the mm-hmm. it's the universe. Yeah. Like I did everything I possibly could.
3: Yeah. So in some ways, maybe that will make you feel less badly. Right. Like you're off the hook a little bit.
1: Is that already like a coping strategy, or could be, so, or not?
3: So what other emotions might be attached to that thought, though?
1: Uh, well, it's unfair. Yeah, like especially when the, I get bad dice roll, die rolls, and and the uh, my opponent's dice are are rolling hot. You know, that's. Uh, and then what emotions you know,
3: attach to that one?
1: I don't know. That stinks. It's a, it's a period of mourning. I don't know. I'm really bad at emotionally labeling. So <laughs> what, what's the what's the?
3: Generally, when things are unfair, we get angry.
1: Okay. Yes. Right. Anger, anger. That one. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that's yeah. on the chart. I've seen it. <laughs> right. Right. Because anger in general is, uh, it's a signal to us that something is unfair. Okay. And so we have a thought like our, this is unfair. It's going to make us angry and frustrated. And then that's going to impact our behavior. Right. We're right. Gonna get
1: Which maybe makes you make more mistakes.
3: Exactly. And then you're going to have more thoughts that fuel that emotion. You can hear my dog <laughs> in the <laughs> <Yeah>. background. <laughs>
1: He's angry. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: angry. Um, right. So basically we can have these emotions that fuel. Uh, no, these thoughts that fuel the emotions, yeah. right? It feels okay. like this phrase that like emotions love themselves.
1: Yes, that's one of my favorite phrases. Yeah. So, like, I love that.
3: Emotions pull us to act in ways that are going to keep us feeling that way. And they also make our thoughts more likely to be uh, of that nature.
1: So when you're like super angry, you, you anger wants to make you more angry. And it, like, you know, it's not going to help you de-escalate. No. Uh, when you're sad, sadness wants you to be more sad and blue.
3: Exactly. Right. So when you're sad, it's going to make you like try and stay in bed, withdraw from people. When you're angry it might make you try and confront people punch things
1: (laughs) disclaimer do not punch people at the wargaming table if you're angry
3: Uh. (laughs) Uh, yeah and so you know i'm zooming out a little bit here from the original question that you had but the point is just that our emotions thoughts and behaviors are all connected to each other and that's really important because when we're trying to stop a downward spiral you can intervene at any of those points. You can intervene with the emotions, with the thoughts, or with the behavior. And any of those can be effective.
1: So just help me out here. I'm trying to follow along. When you say behavior, mm-hmm. you mean your actual behavior and not like the behavior of the dice?
3: Yes, your behavior. You cannot control the dice, like what your dice do, unfortunately.
1: Although, maybe we can like, oh, some weighted dice, or some <laughs> loaded dice. <laughs> exactly. You gave me loaded <laughs> dice? um no we also disclaimer do not use loaded dice but okay so then your behavior would be how you interpret those results
3: well the behavior would be what you actually do like what i could see as an observer okay so like maybe when you're feeling angry you move more quickly
1: yep
3: right and uh, maybe you are not like pausing to think and so those are some behaviors. so one strategy in terms of the behavior category would be taking deep breaths or trying to slow down. Like even literally moving slower.
1: I think that's one of the most common side effects of people when they get tilted is that they start to speed everything up because they're like, oh, like, like rushing down, maybe compensate in some way. Mm-hmm. So that might actually be the clearest, like just take some breaths and slow down. That, that makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah, they go half as fast. And then in terms of like the emotions, there are skills you can do there. Like, for example, we might call them, like, crisis survival skills or distress tolerance Mm -hmm. skills. So skills that can rapidly uh, de-escalate an emotion. So it depends on, I don't know what kinds of situations y'all are in, so I don't know.
1: In that opening story, he basically starts going off and saying, uh, you know, like, oh, it's all the dice and, like, that kid's not playing well. Like, it's his dice, like, he's just rolling lucky and, like, he hurts this kid's feeling Mm -hmm. by being, angry and and like kind of venting outwardly. So what is, uh, I get excited because now I like, I kind of know this one, but uh, so, you know, what's the, I don't want to say like what's the opposite action for anger, but like how do you help, how do you kind of like uh, work to control or not control? How can you maybe redirect that anger?
3: Well, so there's a few ways that you can do that. So one of the ways is called opposite emotion action. And what that means is literally, it just means acting opposite of your emotion.
1: So that idea of it like fueling itself, you're gonna go like, we're not gonna put fire in the fire, we're gonna put some some water. Exactly.
3: And so it can be really hard. Anger is a really tough one for this because it takes a lot of practice. But what I mean by acting opposite of anger, like what do you think the opposite of anger is?
1: kindness compassion exactly is that not it okay (laughs) (laughs) this is why i don't actually practice often that's why i was like oh no Uh, No, i'm mostly in the shame guilt sphere so no
3: no Um, that's exactly it right so the opposite of anger is kindness and so what i'm not saying i'm not saying that when you're feeling really angry and pissed off that you need to go be kind to whoever pissed you off like that's not that's i mean if you can good for you but uh
1: Talk about it confusing people too. <laughs> Your hair looks really nice today.
3: <laughs> uh, like, what you can do is you can be kind to somebody else.
1: Okay. So, it's just kindness in general. Like, and it's not, it could be targeted to anything. It's just that the act of compassion or empathy or sympathy is the antidote to anger. Exactly. So, actually, going back to that opening story, then. So, he was saying that one of the strategies he uses when he finds himself getting tilted is commenting on, uh, how well-painted other people's miniatures are. Like, his opponent's miniatures like, wow, that's really well-painted. So he's actually doing opposite action, whether he knows it or not.
3: Exactly. And that is oh. very, very skillful.
1: Okay. That's fantastic. Okay, so we had behavior, we had the emotion, and then you said maybe the other one was thinking?
3: Yep, exactly. So we are thinking, right, like... It kind of depends. So there's a couple ways you can approach your thoughts. And so it depends on whether it's a kind of, if it's a thought that you have often in the same situation, or if it's like a random thought. Right, so some people know whenever they get in a situation, a certain kind of situation, they have similar thoughts.
1: Oh, this always happened to me. The dice always are against me. Exactly. Like I'm just unlucky with dice.
3: Yeah, and so one approach that is thinking ahead of time how you might actually challenge that thought. How you might, like, is that really true? What is the evidence for and against that?
1: Oh, man, I have a moment of guilt here where I, there's a player that we play with, Wes. He's the nicest guy ever. And he has just what we like to draw attention to, like his notoriously bad dice rolls. And, and you know, just be like, if, you know, you been playing the Star Wars Legion game and his rebel trooper is like guaranteed to get, you know, fail all their armor saves and get, like, killed by Darth Vader or shot off the table. And, you know, are we maybe actually feeding into this negative narrative? Like, we joke and tease him about it. Like, maybe we're reinforcing a negative thought, although he doesn't seem to manifest it. Uh, but now I'm like, oh, man, am I, am I setting up conditions that make it harder for him as a, as a friend and as a player?
3: Well, it, hmm. it kind of depends, right? Because on the one hand, when we sort of externalize, when we say, like, oh, it's the dice, we are taking blame away from a person right you're not uh-huh. saying like well you're just a crappy player right right and so in some ways that's helpful but in other ways
1: he's definitely not a crappy player just disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> but boy if you got to roll some white if you guys play Star Wars Legion you know white dice armor it's like we call it tissue paper armor it's just you know paper armor they just drop down so okay but yeah so yeah but
3: if if you're somebody who gets really stuck on that thought mm-hmm. that you're like dice are against you then actually taking that thought and putting it up under a microscope could be helpful. And so for some people, when they actually sit down and they look at this thought and they sort of tear it apart or they think about like either evidence for and against it or what they would tell a friend of theirs if their mm-hmm. friend was really stuck on this thought.
1: Oh, okay. So they kind of externalize it. Like it's maybe make a little bit of separation from yourself. And then
3: sometimes that can be really helpful. For other people, that can just make them a little bit more like ingrained or like uh, it can make the thought... Feel even stickier, just depending mm-hmm. on you. And so for those people, it's usually more effective to try to take the like uh I'm having the thought that approach. Where mm-hmm. you when you notice the thought, you say, I'm you repeat the thought, but you just say, I'm having the thought that my dice are out to get out me. To get it. <laughs> right? <laughs> it does when you say it that way, though. Yeah, and that's
1: like... When it's not to get me, they hate me, but like, I'm having the thought that my dice are out to get me, and I'm like, oh, that, I already feel like the separation there.
3: Yeah, and, and hmm. that is called what we call... I, it's called diffusion.
1: And I'm also still having the thought, but I'm not, like... I'm acknowledging without maybe even judging it there, or I guess I am judging it, but it, it, I don't feel like it's necessarily hostile. Maybe it's just the way I'm thinking of it now, though. I'm like, I'm having the thought that my dice are out to get me. No, you're onto something. Yeah, there. I'm having it. Yeah. And being honest yeah yeah
3: I think and you're really honest in there because if you'll notice that in both of those situations whether you're challenging the thought or you're just trying to notice it and let it pass in you're still having the thought in both of those situations like nothing I'm gonna tell you is gonna make it so you just never have that thought again
1: right and because you can't control that maybe. exactly
3: like you just uh, can't like our brains make thoughts that's what they do and they don't have to be helpful thoughts they just you know, you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> and so like the the thing, the key is what you do with the thought that you have.
1: So okay, so then just just to recap then. So the idea here being that you know gaming provides us with a lot of opportunities to have these challenging interactions. And now that if we're more skillful and we can identify these like key moments using some of the things you talked about, that can really maybe help us grow as individuals. And so you, you we're really kind of breaking it down to these three areas, right? There's like addressing the emotions, addressing the thoughts and then addressing the behaviors. So we want to just kind of recap this. So what was the skill for addressing like the emotions that are arising while you're playing, like maybe anger?
3: Yeah. So the skill there is we call it opposite emotion action, right? So acting opposite of the thought. So when you're feeling really angry, maybe trying to act with some compassion or kindness, or, you know, we didn't talk about this piece, but another way you can deal with that or act opposite of anger is to like gently avoid. So to, to literally take a step back, right? Because when you are really angry and want to confront someone, what do you do? You like get up in their space, right? And so acting opposite would be stepping back.
1: Okay. So So, that kind of helps deal like with the, the crisis of the moment, right? Of like, it's a tidal wave of emotions. Let's kind of not minimize, but let's maybe get that under control like a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's like thoughts. We heard Brian Kerr mentioning like, oh, when, you know, when he gets tilted, he gets a lot of that. Like I should have this sort of maybe not helpful thoughts. the skill they could use when the opportunity presents itself in gaming to kind of deal with these sorts of not not helpful thoughts.
3: Yeah. So one strategy is to challenge the thought, right? And it can be helpful to do this in advance, right? Uh, Rather than in the moment, but to think in advance of like, what can I tell myself in that moment? when I am having these thoughts.
1: One of the magical phrases in my life is always just like, it makes sense, right? Like, yeah, it makes sense that I I might be annoyed with this or it makes sense that I might feel a certain way about something because, you know, the chances of me rolling 10 dice with ones is uh, pretty minimal. Surprise. (laughs) It makes sense I'm surprised by that.
3: (laughs) And what I love about that response in particular is that it's really infused with some self-compassion, right? You're validating yourself. You're saying like, yeah, it's not that I shouldn't feel this way. Like I do feel this way and it's understandable. And you still have a choice of how to to act on that, which kind of leads us to the last category of behavior. And for that,
1: you're, you mentioned earlier, you know, the idea of maybe even like actually slowing down. Uh, and I think that really resonated because a lot of times when we see people get tilted, they they do get a little bit more hurried or like a little more frantic. There's like a certain energy that you can, you can actually observe in someone who's maybe, you know, getting a little hot and bothered. So besides just like physically maybe slowing down, are there other behaviors one could take on or practice at the gaming table?
3: Yeah, I think breathing is another huge one. It's really, you know, kind of a piece of slowing down. But when you
1: breathing, like, you know, I think most people breathe. There is a specific type of breathing.
3: <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, Sometimes people call it diaphragmatic breathing. It's like when you, if you put your hand on your chest and on your stomach, you don't have to do this when you're actually doing it. Okay, (laughs)
1: gotcha, gotcha. It's just so I can feel what you mean by that. I'm breathing with my
3: (laughs)
2: diaphragm. It's basically just
3: breathing into your belly and really just slowing your breath down. Like a strategy that I actually really like is just, I just like counting my breaths. Yeah. Like being like, okay, like inhale one exhale two and just counting to ten that for me is a way of both distracting myself and slowing myself down that i find really helpful
1: i love how these skills are just like life skills though like and that's what's so cool i think about wargaming is that you know you see these opportunities and there's a lot of them, like, cause there is a lot of opportunity for conflict or disagreement or just little moments like this in gaming. And, uh, you know, maybe some of you will know, you know, I have a, a combat sports background. I used to be an MMA fighter. And like, yeah, like practicing breathing and, and and dealing with emotional regulation when someone's trying to put their shin through your head, that that's one thing. But like, I really do appreciate being able to practice this in like a gaming store where like I'm not getting concussed or, or like I'm not physically in danger but I still have like emotional experiences that give me the opportunity to practice. So, you know, I can think about breathing in this context, like, yeah, like, oh, if something's frustrating, like, yeah, you know, we can all think about in that moment. All right, let's 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 try and catch this. And so it's like almost like a, it's a, it's not, doesn't that always feel low stakes. Emotions can kind of make things feel like all sorts of things, but these are moments where, you know, me stopping and breathing, you know, I, I'm in a space where I can do that.
3: Yeah, and I, I like how you, Right. You're pointing out that there are so many different kinds of skills that can be helpful in these contexts. And like what we're focusing on today really is your emotional experience and just skills focus on that. Right. A whole separate topic is communication skills and like how you uh, are talking with the other person. that you
1: Oh, have. that's interesting. We had some other topics we could explore here. If people have experiences or if any of this resonates, or you have questions or comments or even suggestions on how we could broach topics like this in ways that might be more palatable to you, you know, please let us know in the comments. You can find us on On the Table Gaming on YouTube, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, social media, um, because I'd really like to hear like what's been your experience with with wargaming. The hobby aspects involved with gaming as well can be really therapeutic, and maybe there's things we can discuss that can maybe help with that, like. How can you enhance your painting experience? What are skills that you can apply there to maximize your time there and 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 uh, maybe have it be as helpful as possible? But yeah, uh, so you know, thank you so much for coming on, Alta. I really I really appreciate it.
3: It's my pleasure. I love talking about this stuff.
1: I know you're as passionate about this as I am about maybe getting excited about plastic miniatures. So it's uh, I know I've got good company there. And thank you so much to our Patreon supporters that make all this possible. And for Rusty. Uh, Brian from Sarge's Comics, and then Brian Kerr from Big Top Gaming for giving us some audio samples there. And we actually had longer form discussions with them. And some of those will be appearing in other formats as well down the road. And if you're a Patreon supporter and you want to jump in and, and, and give some more audio feedback for our shows, it's always appreciated. And just ping me in the Discord. And in the meantime, thanks so much. And we'll catch you next week. And we hope you get your miniatures on the table.